Welcome to the Peace and Passion Podcast. This is part two of an episode that I did where I was the guest on the Self Kind Podcast. Hopefully you've listened to part one. If you haven't, go ahead and do that first. In this episode, part two, we talk about conflict. We dive deep into the feeling of being stuck as well as blame and shame and how they show up in relationships. We move on to the idea of the illusion of sameness and we finally finish with a little tip that I have for you on mindfulness. I hope you enjoy it. Go ahead and listen now. As I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about the, the parallel, I suppose, with our sort of relationship with the self as well in the sense that I think that sometimes we maybe don't know ourselves all that well anymore either you know talking about that idea of you know 10 years ago when you met your partner you kind of knew all these ins and outs and and I think we maybe forget that we changed too um and so I'm wondering what role the individual plays in you know kind of like healthy I don't know if that's the right word to use but in a in a connected relationship what is the role of the individual's connection with themselves as a part of a partnership or a you know a relationship Mm. well you're touching on something that I feel really passionate about because maybe you've researched me Erica I'm not really sure (laughs) (laughs) the, (laughs) the other part of what I do is about growing people and grow in order to grow relationships so the grow academy is all about the relationship you have with yourself in order to build a happy relationship with another person and also to move on to building a relationship with the rest of life and the wobbles and the stresses of life. But it all starts with the relationship with yourself. So we talk about a relationship evolution, a movement, a movement from me, we, to all. And that's kind of what I talk about also in my podcast, um, which is called the Peace and Passion Podcast. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So essentially, yes, you are so right. We have to start Mm. with building a relationship with ourselves and knowing ourselves in an intimate way. So in in Grow, we talk about know yourself, grow yourself. And it's it's by knowing yourself, and and I'm not just saying know know the external stuff. I'm actually digging deep and knowing your psyche and what, what your triggers are, what your pain points are, what your tender spots are, what your red buttons are, and what you love, what you appreciate, what your values are, where your barriers are. Um, Knowing all of that about yourself, that enables you not only to navigate relationships in a more healthy way, because you know yourself and you know what you're on about, Hmm. but it's also about coaching your partner. Because, you know, when you meet somebody, they kind of, they, they get to know you, but they're also using their frame, their mental capacity, their their mind in order to interpret your behaviors and conflict sometimes occurs when they're doing their interpretation from their mind and their schema and their their hard wiring um and and kind of not not getting to know you in the way that they should by asking the right questions getting a bit of depth getting really curious so by knowing ourselves we can have conversations that take us to that next level of of depth And we can define ourselves to our partner. We can say, you know, that's not really my value. Um, I always give tips when we go to restaurants because I really believe in giving. And 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 I'm, you know, it kind of upsets me or annoys me when we don't leave a tip. And you can only kind of know that about yourself, that it's a value for you by kind of stopping and pausing and looking within. Now, I'm talking about something that 
Perhaps this example people might already know about themselves, but do they know about their tender triggers that stem from the past? Do they know that really because their father didn't pay them any attention when they were young and the father was busy, that what they really long for is somebody who's more present and they want to correct that experience by being with somebody who can be more attuned and give them time and not be hurried? You know, mm. do you know your how your past influences how you show up now? And that's when I say, yeah, you've really got to know yourself because it's mm. for you to know you, to navigate you, to show up in the way you want to show up, not just in the way that you're reacting to the world with triggers from the past, but it's also to guide your partner and show them and have the conversations that bond you and reveal who you are with vulnerability so that they can learn about you and learn how to be with you without triggering you and hurting you. Um, so 100%, the work starts from within, the work starts with you, learning about you, and then you move on to kind of understanding and knowing somebody else, learning to know about them and how they tick and knowing them from the inside out and being curious about their perspective so that you get more information about how they do them and then being able to look at life and the things that life offers you. And that's where a spiritual perspective comes in. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't use that word spiritual because people kind of thought it was a bit gaga, a bit woo-woo, bit, you know, you're talking about religion here. And, and I'm not. I'm talking about just a way of being present in the world that enables you to connect with the world and know that the events that are happening in the world and whatever is showing up can all be lessons. You can choose how you respond to them and not be rocked by the hurricanes and the whirlpools and the agitation that occurs. You can choose how you respond in a more peaceful way. Hence the name of the podcast, the Peace and Passion mm -hmm. Podcast, because I believe there's a role in all of this in our evolution to more a peaceful way of being, a more peaceful way of relating in the world and being in the world. It starts from you knowing you and then navigating one important relationship with another and then moving on to all of life and noticing how you respond to the, the stresses of life and being able to have the resourcefulness and the skills and the inner capacities to navigate life's wobbles. So I often mm. talk about the wobbles of life and there's plenty of them this day. we got our challenges oh, yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm listening to you talk, I'm thinking about this idea of um, conflict and what you're talking about in terms of sort of starting with ourselves, then there's this relationship that we have with a significant other, which I'm, I'm, I'm assuming could be any significant other, right? Like we, yeah. I'm assuming that, yes, you're sort of speaking about couples, but it could be our relationship with a friend or it could be a relationship with the children, with our children. Um, yep. And then this sort of relationship with the rest of, of life. And the thing that keeps coming up for me as I'm listening to you talk is the way that we can be in conflict with ourselves way that we can be in conflict with another and the way that we can be in conflict or uh, resistance, I guess, with just like what is in the world. Mm, yeah. Is conflict is conflict the same and it's just in relationship to different things and people or does conflict take on different forms depending on whether it's with a significant other, ourself or sort of the rest of the world? No, look, conflict is conflict, right? And you're very right. What I'm talking about is 
um, when I talk about relationship with other, I, I naturally default to couples because that's the, the guts of my work now. Mm. Um, but you're very right. It can be applied to relationship with anyone. You know, your best friend might be the person that triggers you because they're pointing at something that needs development in you. <laughs> <laughs> so it is anyone really. Um, and your boss can be the biggest trigger. So mm. you know, we can take it to any domain here. But let's go back to this idea of inner conflict, the dissonance, the cognitive dissonance or the the, the the two parts of you is the other way I like to talk about it. Now, we all have multiple parts. We're not just one kind of one way of being and one, one central um, way of seeing things. We're made up of many complex parts. And the, the part that's probably most common, most commonly heard of by, by people is like this inner critic. We've got mm. this critic that's inside of us that's evaluating the world and judging and making interpretations. That's the part that most people have heard of. But inside of us, we've got other parts as well. We've got the tender, compassionate part that we can cultivate and we can pull that part out to respond to our, our hurts and our wobbles in a compassionate, kind way. We've got the other part of us, which is kind of the child part of us, which is the one that wants to have the tantrum and wants things in a certain way, or the one that's trying to protect us because it knows about hurts and it wants our needs met right now. Now, I could go on and on. There are multiple parts of us. And, and this idea of parts at play is kind of like, which one is being dominant at any one particular time? Now, if we knew that, if we could look inside ourselves with a microscope and go, oh, that's just my inner child showing up right now, <laughs> and mm. it's coming from my past trauma, well, then we could kind of probably work with that. But we don't kind of know that about ourselves, and we don't know which one's activated, and we don't know what role it's fulfilling or what use it's serving in this moment because we're really complex beings. We've got to really stop intentionally and make connections with each of those parts to know ourselves. But what we can experience is behavioural and it's stuck. It's this feeling of being stuck, like mm -hmm. not knowing what to do about something or using a coping mechanism that isn't so resourceful, that isn't so useful. So if I've got this internal agitation inside of me, I'm feeling pretty awful, then I might just go and grab that bowl of wine <laughs> and mm. just finish the whole thing. And so we rely on external resourcing rather than finding our inner capacities. And so it can show up in behaviours and being stuck and, and, and having a feeling of just not knowing what to do or not being happy or not being able to get that traction to move on something. Or it can show up in our behaviour and when, when we rely on not so useful, not so resourceful ways of responding to the agitations, so the external ways of responding. And so it does show up, but it's all related to the inner you or the mm. inner conflict, the any inner pieces of you, which one is in charge at any particular moment. And when you don't know how many parts of you there are and how they show up and how they interact with other people and what triggers them, then you're kind of... You don't kind of have a rule book for how you do you. You're just kind of going on default without the awareness of you and just being in the world. And you're using what I like to call the outside eyes. We have outside eyes and inside eyes. And unfortunately for us human beings, it's so easy to turn on the outside eyes and see what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with people and to fall into that blame place and not really look inside. The inside eyes are going to tell you a lot more to see 
what what it is about you that's either attracting certain events or responding in certain ways or what part you're contributing to this problem that you're encountering at the moment. So when we learn to get that balance, that intuitive balance using our inner intelligence of being able to use the outside eyes and look at the facts and look at the information as well as tune into the inside eyes and know the inner us and the many parts of us and our gentleness and our triggers and our pain points, then we can be more whole and live in a world in a different way. And that conflict is always on the inside. It's always, well, most of the time it's masked. You don't know what's going on inside of you. You just feel stuck. You just feel wobbly. You just feel agitation. You blame people or you go into that shame place. Blame and shame, they're two common responses. And so if you're finding that there's some behavioral patterns that you're adopting, falling into blame or shame, and you're not getting the outcomes that you want in life, it's time to take that little pause now and kind of go, what's going on inside here? Where is that conflict? What part is showing up that actually isn't the right part for this sort of experience? And so that's the inner deep work that I, that I talk about when I say you do need to know yourself You do, and, and then you can move forward. You become so much free and that word's used, I guess, so often. It's a, it's a cliche kind of thing, but it really is true. It's that sense of inner freedom. So you are able to navigate you and do you differently. You have more knowledge, more awareness, more skills. And that's exactly why I developed the membership. That's why the, the Grow Academy exists because it's all about the self looking at the self and from there we can move on to cultivating better and deeper and more healthy relationships rather than coming from neediness for example or coming from anxiety and wanting to hang on to someone um, we can kind of show up in a, a more healthy way or the other version of that is rather than being avoidant and pushing people away and sabotaging relationships again we can learn that that's our pattern and we can show up in a more authentic, loving way and, and build the relationship that we want to help us thrive on this planet Earth. Mm. So when we're in conflict with someone else then, is, is, is it basically this process happening for two people and then they're trying to bring their sort of individual experiences together? Is that why this is so complicated? <laughs> well, look, you know, that's that's a harder question to answer. It's not that simple. It, it's mm. not just about kind of which part or it, it's not as simple. It's not formulaic in that way. Conflict is a very complex thing and we mm. do need to understand, is it just a lack of skill? Are they just really trying to say something, but the way they're saying it, they're just damn well criticising their partner and so the other mm. person's going to get defensive and the war goes on when someone's criticising, you're going to get defensive and... You know, that's a war, war space. <laughs> or, yeah. or is it about something has been triggered from the past? It's a tender trigger and it really is much deeper and it's being triggered through this conversation, this behavior, this thing that's happening between them. And we need to uncover what that, that thing is and do the healing work on the past story in order to be able to move forward more, with more freedom. Or it could be just about, you know, a particular topic or, um, uh, you know, one person might be thinking, I don't know how to get my needs met in this relationship because the styles that the couple's expressing are completely different. One person is kind of wanting to, you know, they, for example, one person could be an inductive thinker, which means that they they process more on the outside as they talk. So they're they're kind of talking and processing and they talk fast and resolve things and get things done. And the other person's more of a deductive thinker where they're kind of doing it all on the inside and they really just need to stop and pause and let me get a grip on it 
and then I'll be able to answer and participate in this conversation. So I don't know how to get my needs met because it's all moving too fast. And people can't identify these things. That's why couples therapy exists. That's why you need to go to somebody and sit with somebody who's outside the system. You can kind of see what's going on here with a thorough assessment. We get to understand the past. We get to understand where the couple are. We get to understand where the skill deficit is. And then we're able to formulate a treatment plan that can move people forward in a way that kind of looks at their, their stuck points and, and mm. gives them the skills to kind of move forward and build more connection between them. Because your partner is not the enemy. Your partner mm. is your beloved. But in those moments of conflict, you see them as the enemy, the saber-toothed tiger, the person who's triggering me, then you just want to win. And so yeah. all sorts of nasty things happen when we're in conflict, and that's what breaks relationship down. So we want to reduce that. We want to rewrite the past stories that have happened that have been hurtful, and we want to equip people with more tools and skills to have a better relationship so that they can thrive in the future. Because life is about relationships. Because if we don't have relationships... What are we doing on this earth, walking walking the planet alone? That's just not who we're meant to be. We're meant to be together. Mm. So we want to kind of keep that there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I laughed when you described the inductive, deductive thinkers. I'm definitely an inductive thinker. I sometimes am like, <laughs> wow, I didn't know I thought that until it came out of my mouth. Um, and I often will say to my husband, I just need to talk this out. I don't need necessarily you to even provide any information back but I need to talk right now and just like figure out what I think because I I, I won't know until I say it yeah, um lovely which I find which I find quite humorous I'm like why can't I not figure this out in my own head um but you're unique <laughs> it's sort of like it's interesting isn't it to think that yeah. you know maybe we don't realize how that other people, I think sometimes we don't realise that other people think differently to us. I remember the first time someone told me that they don't see pictures when they think. And I was like, what do you mean you don't see pictures when you think? Yeah. <laughs> it was such a wild thought to me that people wouldn't be mentally rehearsing things in their head. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, it was a real, like, moment of just like, wow, I cannot make any assumptions about how other people are processing, thinking, all of that. Because... You've just told me that, you know, you don't have an experience that is absolutely integral to the way that I navigate my mm, world. Mm, so it's so yeah. fascinating to me to think that really we almost sometimes have our blinkers on so firmly that we don't even realize that the way that we think or the way that we process or the way that we interact isn't shared. Absolutely. Look, there's a the name time. for that. It's actually called the illusion of sameness. We go into relationships thinking the other person is the same as me. In the, you know, in so many ways. Obviously, we can see differences. We're not blind. But we do make the assumption that, that we're the same. And as relationships go on, relationships naturally move and progress through several stages. But once that honeymoon stage is over, it's called limerence. Once that stage is over, then we move into another phase where we've got to see the reality see the difference between us and mm. and this illusion of sameness sort of crumbles down unfortunately in our culture and in our society um hollywood does a really great job of of kind of building up on this you know find the one that you love and you live happily ever after and they are just the same as you and the two of you can make each mm. other complete and love is everlasting and all that sort of thing and none of that is true because really um you know to get to that you you do have to find yourself and have the differences and be able to work work through the differences between you in order to build the more safe and secure and the mature love 
rather than this Hollywood created chemically infused state of psychosis, which is all about, you know, we are in love, which is only true for a short period and never lasts forever. It cannot last forever. So it's kind of uh, an important thing. So the illusion of sameness is built up through through mm. Hollywood and through our culture where we kind of go, yeah, I found the one and we're just the same. But really, there's so much beauty in discovering the differences between you because not only can you laugh about them because, hey, why don't you do bitches? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's what makes us all unique and understanding yeah. another human being from the inside out and without judgment, without kind of criticism, without without making them wrong. That's the beauty of relationships. We get mm. to know how somebody else ticks, how their brain works and how they show up. And, and just kind of be with that and be okay with the difference. That's yeah. what relationships are. I love that. It's funny. It's making me think of an example. Uh, this is a really silly little story, but um, and then I've got a question for you. But my husband and I really like to do the Wordle, you know, the New York Times oh, yes. Wordle. Everyone's and doing we do Wordle. The, yeah, we do the Wordle <laughs> and we do the mini. It's like a little mini crossword. And what oh. we've discovered over time, we never do it together. We do it separately and then we compete on our on our results right and what we've discovered over time is that he is much more skilled at getting the wordle in fewer tries and I'm usually much faster at the mini and it's really interesting to me because we've sort of just learning things about the different ways that we think now we've been together for a really long time I've been with with my husband since I was 18 so we've been together for like 20 odd years and I never knew this difference about the way that we think. And it's such a small little thing, Mm. but I'm like, wow, you've really got a much more methodical kind of, you know, he he will take a lot longer just to think things through. Whereas I'm like, I'll just plug it in and try and we'll see what happens. Like I'm much (laughs) less methodical and much less kind of, I'm okay with being, you know, taking a few more tries to get something right. Mm. Um, But I just find that fascinating. And I love that there's these little, little opportunities, I guess, to learn things that we might not have seen before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's all got to do also with what you use, like in, in terms of, I don't know what your husband does, um, but, you know, if the work that, that he does is more kind of linear and systematic. Oh, yes, and, he's an engineer. Oh, God, you've said it all. <laughs> all right, fantastic. We have a thing about engineers in my professor. But, <laughs> but yeah, all right, that, that kind of thinking, I suppose, is... You know, it is. Um, it's a very structured way of being, and I guess yeah. it's a structured way of thinking. And so, the neurons that fire together wire together. And so, if he's using that type of thinking in his everyday work, it means he's hardwired a way of responding to problems. Mm. And so, that becomes his default, and that becomes his strength. Um, yeah. And I guess you know, your your brain is wired differently. You're using <laughs> it's, different. It's why to throw spaghetti at the wall. It's. <laughs> Yeah. much more haphazard I'm sure there's so many lovely talents in there <laughs> oh, I love talents. It. Yes. now I'm looking at the time amount and I would love um, I just have one more question for you I mean I have a lot of questions for you but I'm going to narrow it down to one um, and then I want to give you an opportunity to obviously let everyone know how they connect, can connect with you but before we do that I would love if, if it's possible and you just tell me if it's not um, we've talked a lot about how this work you know, to be in relationship with, and, and I've almost sort of started to think in our time talking together that it's almost like our ability to be in relationship with life, right? Like whether it be our significant other um, yep. or, or anything else. Yep. And, and we've talked about how really this starts with understanding ourselves more clearly. If you were to give us one tip 
about where we could start with that if someone's sort of listening and going okay I want to understand myself better but can you give me a can you give me something more concrete in terms of where I start um have you got one sort of practice or tip or idea that people could take away and play with yeah look you know you're touching at something that speaks to why I do what I do and my own personal belief about why we're here on earth um and I I think that the, the tip that I'm going to give you is not revolutionary. It's something that everybody already knows, but I'm just going to reinforce They're it. They're the best ones. Yeah, true. They true. work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a mindfulness teacher, and I do run a program called Mindfulness 8, which is an eight-week program, and then there's a shorter version of that for people to get introduced into mindfulness. But mindfulness is actually just about pausing. It's just about being here, really here. And that ability, when you cultivate that ability to be able to tune in, to pause, to look with the inside eyes inside of you, that's where all the insight lives. And so you get to know yourself in a very deep way because all sorts of things happen when you pause. I mean, we talk about pausing and, and people might be able to do it in, in, at one level, but then, you know, the mind doesn't pause. The mind is active. And just by knowing where it goes, where it takes you and listening to the channels that it has gives you a lot of information about yourself and whether you find it easy or difficult gives you information about yourself but that ability to be able to just pause and connect with one anchor point like your breath and being able to tune into the inner domain the inner landscape that's where wisdom lives that's where insight lives that's where the real you lives and so that's when you get to know yourself from the inside out and you can even find solutions to things that are bugging you little bubbles of wisdom will you know will bubble up i guess and so really it's that ability to pause that's my one my one um tip for anybody i guess who wants to start on this journey um and and through that you get to find questions that you need answers for through that you get to have to find answers to questions that you've been asking and then you can really look at yourself and know what hurts what's comfortable what's wisdom and I guess just know yourself in a different way is really what, what I'm pointing to here. And, and um, it, you can cultivate kindness and gentleness and compassion and all those beautiful tender qualities that are part of our innateness. They're there. Mm. But when we, when we learn to pause, we actually build up the brain structures that create those nice tender qualities as well. We don't even know how that happens, but through the mindfulness practice, we learn to be more compassionate and kind because we learn to see ourselves in a new way. Mm, and I love so that. that's kind of my, my one big tip. And I know that's very aligned with the way you think as well. So hopefully very, for your listeners yeah. that can be reinforcing what, what they know. Yeah, absolutely. I really love that. And I think one of the things that I often talk about too is how, you know, those moments don't have to be long. You know, I think that sometimes what what maybe puts people off these ideas is it's like, well, I have to be mindful all the time or I have to dedicate an hour and, it, you know, and it's like it can really happen in small moments, can't it, those pauses? Yeah, the pauses definitely do. The, I guess the, the difference between the idea of meditation and mindfulness mm. is important here because meditation is a practice and yes. a practice can take 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. Yeah. But being mindful is just tuning in and being aware and that happens in moments. So it's definitely yes. moments of mindfulness the way to learn to be more mindful is through a meditation practice, <laughs> but you can certainly be more mindful without the practice. So yeah, absolutely. Mm, moment here, that's moment a really there, good distinction. that's it. 
Yeah. 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 Oh, that's amazing. This has been fascinating and wonderful and um, has certainly given me a lot of food for thought. So thank you, Iman. It's been really fabulous. Um, Before we go, though, can you share a little bit about where people can connect with you, find out more about you, whatever you have on offer? I know know you've got a podcast as well, which um, maybe you can just remind us of the name of all of that as well. Okay, thank you for that opportunity. The The podcast is called the Peace and Passion Podcast and it's on all the platforms where podcasts are, are stored. <laughs> um, and I guess my website is cultureofcare.com.au and that's really the couples therapy website. There is another part of my business which is the Grow Academy. Uh, at the moment, I'm just um, I am building the links to that so that they'll be more available. But the starting point can be the piece. Uh, sorry, it can be the cultureofcare.com.au, mm-hmm. and you'll find um, a conflict scaffold there and a video that you might want to download if if people are interested in that. Yes, what that yes. means is that they will give me their name and their details, and then I will keep the people on my list connected to the work that I'm doing. I am also on Facebook and Instagram, and it is culture of care but look you know i'm not even going to try and remember what my links are yeah. so, <laughs> i'll put all the relevant things in the show notes so well they're actually if you go to the website the links will be there yes. and um there they are around but to be honest you know i'm not a lover of social media i actually try and get people off social media to be honest but anyway um there, there's um you can connect there i do post bits and pieces but really the best way is to get on my email list because that's where i I publicise what I do. I give lots of uh, resources, tips of information, that sort of thing, and that's probably that's probably the best way. Yeah, awesome. And before we go, do you want to just tell us a little bit about you sort of very briefly mentioned this conflict scaffold that we can get from your website. Do you want to give us a quick rundown of what that is? Okay, well... That might pique people's interest. All right, well, the conflict scaffold consists of two pieces. One is a short video training by me. It's me talking about conflict and my views on conflict and how, how we kind of get into the conflict state and where you need to start with conflict. So um, I guess the starting point is looking at yourself, and I do encourage people to do that. And then part two is a worksheet. It's a PDF handout, which is about three or four pages, which consists of a series of questions that get you to look inside. So it's a deep dive inside about where you are before you even start a conversation with a partner. It can be an intimate other or another person. And then it goes through a series of questions that you can ask them in order to understand their perspective better. So all in all, it's made up of three bits, the video, then part one and two of the handout. And it's a comprehensive little kind of unit of work um, on conflict, if conflict interests you. Awesome. I'm going to go get that myself. I love <laughs> okay, that. lovely. <laughs> I've always, always been a conflict avoider, I'm not going to lie. So uh, That's another you know, podcast right there. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, absolutely. I can always do with tips around conflict because my, my default is to just avoid it. So um, <laughs> I've gotten better at that, actually, as I've gotten older. I'm, I'm not not as anti-conflict in the sense that I won't just run away, but that was definitely my comp- my my default for the first sort of 30 years of my life for sure so yeah. i will go and grab that myself but um Lovely. thank you iman so much this has been really wonderful and um for everyone listening thank you so much for for spending this time listening um along if you've got questions absolutely reach out to iman i know that um she will be thrilled to hear from you and my DMs are also always open if you want to uh, let me know how you enjoyed this episode. So thank you so much, Iman. It has been an absolute joy. It's been a delight for me too. Thank you, Erica, for the opportunity. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. 
Well, I had a lot of fun on that podcast talking about mindfulness and conflict and all the things that really matter in couple relationships. I'm particularly passionate about creating more peace in people's lives. So if you want help with that, I'm going to encourage you to go to cultureofcare.com.au and find the conflict scaffold. In that scaffold, we have a mini training as well as a PDF that helps you to have tough conversations and to prepare before you even enter the conversation. It's a little package, a resource for you. So go ahead and grab it now.